Inner Effect, I'm your host, Xander Dames. Got a lot of cool stuff for you today, including an entertainment news. Looks like Coachella has a documentary that will be premiering on YouTube. It's 20 years of Coachella and an awesome little documentary. YouTube went ahead and uh, posted uh, the trailer for it today. That's going to be really cool to watch. In sports, WWE's WrestleMania went off without a hitch, and man, did it garner a lot of positive feedback. We'll talk a little bit about that. And in video game news, Saints Row the Third Remastered releasing for PS4, Xbox One, and PC in May. So that's going to be pretty cool. We'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, I have a special guest that I got an opportunity to interview. He is the grandson of the legendary BB King. His name is Christopher King, and his story is incredible. You think BB King uh, created a legacy all its own? This gentleman has done the same, only in a different fashion than uh, than than BB King has. So we'll talk a little bit about how he went from almost going to prison to being an inspiration to so many and helping out so many people. Not to mention the fact of the matter that he's also a uh, uh, marine veteran so so a military veteran so it's going to be an awesome interview right there but first up next here is john doe's sorry love right here on the xander effect Something you could buy with balloons. Yep. Hey. Celebrate all I hate, huh? Jingle bells all the way, huh? Chris Kringle on the sleigh, huh? Give her gifts to convey what you really wanna say, huh? Shake her hips to persuade, huh? You got hurt, but it never went away. Letting go, what a difference it could make, huh? But if it's just on what it takes, huh? How many times do I have to pay for my mistakes? Give them grace. Sorry, I don't know how to love, baby. Daddy never told me how to treat a lady. Probably would have said it if my mama would have let him. 
If you want L-O-V-E, you don't need me. I never learned, wasn't concerned, my girl would agree. Everything that I learned, I learned from TV or some stupid CD or some pimp brother telling me how I should be. How I should treat a woman that's a hoe like you really would know. There's a few things that I'm really good for, like a really good show or a really good flow. Bit a good game right until we get close. When it comes to love, man, I really wouldn't know. I've been lying to her like I got a wooden nose. If I told you the truth, then your heart get broke. Gone like smoke. Cry me a river, we drown in the boat till our bodies just float. Sorry, I don't know how to love, baby. Mom never told me. Dad never showed me. You can't control me. That's why I'm lonely. Mom never told me. Dad never showed me. You can't control me. That's why I'm lonely. Sorry, I don't know how to love, baby. was a sorry love by John Doe right here on the Xander Effect. In entertainment news, Coachella is postponed until uh, until later this year, um, but that's fine. That's okay because all of you fans out there uh, can go ahead and relive some of this like the festival's most amazing moments. YouTube has uh, has sent out a trailer that will be featuring a documentary of the festival of Coachella of the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival from the moment it began all the way to the present. And it shows pretty much like how the festival has grown throughout the years and throughout the well, actually it's been 20 years actually. So it's going to show everything that's been um that's been happening that's happened since then and uh it, it has many different interviews including interviews with uh billy eilish and ice cube it also features uh, you know artists such as kanye west madonna daft punk rage against the machine pixies bajork the white stripes radiohead and moby so this is a star-studded documentary that pretty much talks about how amazing this music festival is how many people love going to this festival and so you know like i said the, the festival has been postponed until later this year so you know due to the coronavirus pandemic um it's scheduled it's supposed allegedly it's scheduled until the fall but nobody really knows it depends on how the crisis is by then hopefully it'll be a lot you know a lot better you know than it is right now and things will start, you know, moving back to the way things were. But until then, you could go ahead and watch this documentary that is set to air April 10th. That's that's it's set to air for free actually on Friday, April 10th. So make sure you go ahead and check out that um, that uh, documentary. In other entertainment news. 
Channing Tatum and Jesse J break up again. This is the second time that the couple has broken up, and uh, looks like it, it it could possibly be for good this time. Uh, Channing Tatum uh, started dating Jesse J shortly after uh, uh, his his uh, divorce with Jenna Dewan, and uh, who knows? Maybe maybe it's possible that that uh, you know Channing saw Jesse J as as a possible rebound. Who knows? But they started. They first actually started dating in late 2018. They broke up a little more than uh, a year later, then reconciled again in in January. So they've been on again, off again, on again, and now they're back to off again. So who knows if this couple is actually going to continue to be off again? Uh, who, I mean, possible that they might want different things. It's also possible that maybe they're, you know, with everything that's going on, Swally put a lot of pressure on them. So chances are it could be any number of reasons why they've broken up. The point is they are broken up now and you know who knows if they're gonna get back together again we'll see what happens in the near future in other entertainment news today was uh today monday was actually the premiere of the netflix original series the big show show it stars uh the big show paul white a former wwe wrestler and he actually plays himself he plays the big show a former wrestler and it's i I, you know it's slightly about him but not really i mean obviously but it's actually a very entertaining family show it's a comedy it's a family comedy and uh paul white aka the big show plays himself as the big show allison munn plays Cassie, which is his wife in the in the in the television show, uh, you might have uh, you might recognize Allison Munch. She's been in television shows such as What I Like About You and a couple of episodes of That 70s Show. Uh, it also stars there these uh, three young, very talented young ladies: uh, Raylan Caster, she plays the older sister Lola; uh, Lily Brooks O'Brien, she plays the middle sister Mandy; and Juliet Donenfeld plays the little sister JJ that little girl JJ is hilarious by the way that girl's a hustler JJ's a little hustler in that TV show Um, it also stars Jaleel White which many of you may know him from uh, you know from the TV show uh, Family Matters he played he played uh, Steve Urkel plus he's also been in a few other television shows since then so you know he's been doing a lot of work but this is definitely something that uh, that is brought him back he he actually it's funny he plays uh, a guy that owns a gym that the big show goes to and he's got a pretty his character is actually pretty funny I watched one of the episodes so far so far I just started watching it so I'll give you guys more, a little bit more uh, of a review after I'm done finishing watching the whole season because I'm bitch watching that. You know, we're all stuck in here, so we got to watch something. And this show looks pretty funny. It's actually really cute. So I'm uh, watching it so far. It's, it's very entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm enjoying it right now. So I'll let you guys know a little bit more about that uh, next time. I, next time uh, we're on this, we're, we're on the Xander effect. In other entertainment news, I got the opportunity to speak to uh, an amazing human being. He is the grandson of the late, great B.B. King. His name is Christopher King. And he's got an incredible story. It stems from a moment where he was faced with going to prison to then a moment where he, he had to make a choice between prison and the Marines. He chose to you know, serve his country, and from there, he just created an, an incredible path for himself. And you know what? I'm not going to go ahead and tell you about it. 
Go ahead and listen to the interview because it's an awesome interview. But before we get to that interview, here is the Pawnhawks Fire Eyes right here on the Xander Effect. have a grandson of legendary blues artist bb king i have his grandson christopher king here how you doing christopher i'm doing outstanding i'm doing outstanding brother how you doing beautiful beautiful man trying to stay safe during these uh trying times during this crisis you know how it goes that part i mean it it, it, it is a focus right now that we all have to focus on so uh godspeed on, on trying to stay focused yourself 
As always, man. So um, you have a lot of things going on for yourself, uh, being, of course, the grandson of the great B.B. King. And, uh, you know, but you, you, you've, you've had fame, you know, in your own right, because you've, you've done things in the fashion world. You're a motivational speaker. Um, you're also you're also an activist for, uh, you know, against uh, fighting against human trafficking. Um, but before we get into, you know, those details, I got to ask, man, how was it like being the grandson of a legend like B.B. King? Let me be honest with you. It, 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 I can't say it's like being the grandson of any other person. Um, being the grandson of B.B. King truly was an honor and a privilege, but it was an opportunity for me to understand different perspectives. Um, not taking things for granted. People naturally assume because I was his grandson that I was, I guess the word they use is rich. <laughs> and I said it like that for a reason. Oh, he's rich. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that, that it's, it's just so society we live in. It's just, you know, it's crazy, but um, it was a privilege. You know, I was exposed to a lot of different things that taught a lot of valuable lessons. I took advantage of those opportunities and being his grandson. It was, it was truly. So no, but that's really cool though, that, that, uh, that you got to learn a lot of valuable lessons. Did you learn how to play any instruments at all? Man? No, I did not. Uh, that was one thing, you know, we talked about that. Um, and it was something that me personally, I was like, Papa, you know, cause I called him Papa. Mm-hmm. Are you going to teach me? You know, I want to learn how to play the guitar. And he looked at me and he said, son, there's so many things in this world you can do. Why would you want to follow in somebody else's footsteps when you can be your own man? Wow. So, you know, and, and it hurt my feelings because, you know, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted that lifestyle that he had. I wanted yeah. to get tour buses, you know, and I wanted to, the presidential suites and the, and the security detail. And, yeah. you know, I wanted that privilege to access. And a lot of people might understand what I just said, but Privilege to access is things that you get based on the work that you do. And I thought back then that that was the only way to get it was because I was related to him. That was the platform. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a king. Other people, they follow in their kids' footsteps. I mean, in their parents' or grandparents' footsteps. He showed me a different path. You know, being your own man, you can get everything you want in this world simply by just working for it and first learning how to do it on your own. Don't just let somebody give you something, you know? That's very true. That's very true. And, and he definitely taught you a valuable lesson. Those are very wise words uh, from a very wise man. And I mean, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, you did become your, old, your own man. You know, you did, you did create your own image for yourself. And not only that, you know, you, you, you know, by the way, you know, folks, one other thing about this gentleman is that he's a, he's a U.S. he's a U.S. Marine veteran. And thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you very much for everything you've done for, for our country. Appreciate everything you've done for us, man. And, you know, the, and you continue to do because, you know, you didn't, you didn't stop serving your country. You still continue to serve your country, but in a different platform. Um, but before we get, like, before I get into that one, Tell me, how did you go, how, how did you be, get into the, you know, how did you go from, from you know, or, or should I say, what made you decide to serve in the Marine Corps? Well, that's an interesting story because it wasn't by choice. So 
me deciding to go into the military was between a conversation with uh, the the Chatham County judicial system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would do it. <laughs> you know, um, I was I was what you might call a, a troubled youth. And, you know, I'm 37 now, so I look back at what people may think or consider that turning point. And I was 19 years old in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, and I, I never forget these dates. They stick in the back of my mind like a sore thumb. And, you know, November 5th, 2001, I was arrested for selling, uh, for possession with an intent to distribute of coke. Oh, wow. And, you know, I had a very large amount, you know, um, not just one or two or nickel bag. You know, I had a couple, I had, 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 a, had a, a group of keys. <laughs> Yeah, that would definitely do. You were like Pablo Escobar. <laughs> so, you know, in Savannah, it was it was a t- trying time, you know, growing up um, in those streets, you know, raising a single family home. But fast forward a little bit, it was just, it was a choice that I kind of did have. I was faced between a rock and a hard place. It was either jail or go to, to the military, you know. And my attorney at the time, she was a public defender. And she mm-hmm. said, um, you know, Chris, these are, this, this is your decision, your choice, you know, it's totally up to you. You can fight this if you want, or you can just take the way out that we provided for you. And what they did was something called the First Offenders Act, because I had no priors. Mm-hmm. And I took it. So I was looking at 60 years to life or either wow. military. Of course, I took the military. And yeah, yeah. Uh, February 18th is when I went to court, 2002. And March 22nd, 2002, was when I touched down on those yellow footprints in Paris Island, um, in, in South Carolina, at the Marine Corps recruiting, uh, excuse me, Marine Corps um, PRSD, Paris Island, the training facility, uh, or boot camp, in other words. And I, I did my three months, my 90 days of training, and graduated and served my country. I, I immediately, she, they asked me, where do you want to go? You know, you're from Georgia. And I said, simple, this is an opportunity for me to see the world. And I don't have to pay for it. So I want to go somewhere overseas. Get me out of America. <laughs> you know, so I went to Japan for my first duty station. And I served there for about four years, um, close to four and a half. And then I came back here. But while deployed to Japan is when I got my combat duty and deployed to, you know, uh, various combat regions while I was there. Did uh, three tours abroad, and um, I'm, I'm just thankful God brought me back home. But that was why I went into the military from my choices as a, as, a, as a teenager to disobey the law. And of course, you know, the, you know, the military training definitely straightened you out completely. It did. It straightened out my mind and it straightened out my waistline because I left there with 160 <laughs> pounds, wet with no body fat. I was. When literally, my mother came to graduation and see she walked straight past me. She didn't <laughs> even recognize me. And I said, Mom, uh, you didn't see me? She says, oh, my God, Chris, I did not even recognize you because literally, and I went in, I was already a little on the slim slide. I was a skinny guy. Mm. But when you trim the fat, truly trim the fat. You're built. Yeah, 
You're like, you're, can, like you're, you're yoked. <laughs> yes. I, if I can get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot like me. <laughs> I'm trying, though. Trying. We all trying. We keep, we trying keto. We trying. Oh this, man, it, it ain't nothing working. Well, right now it's it's crazy because right now in quarantine, I do have like a little bit of a of a mini gym in one of my rooms, and so in in one of my in one of the bedrooms that that uh, isn't being used. And I just went ahead and turned it into a mini gym, and I'm like, you know yeah. what? Everybody else is gonna go ahead and be fat by the time they get out of quarantine. Not me. I'm gonna go ahead and try to slim down. <laughs> that part. That part. You know, yeah. there was a there was a movie that came out a while back about the little robot, and everybody had abandoned Earth. It was a cartoon movie. I think it was uh, like E something, and it was all in the spaceship, and they had been sitting in these little chairs, floating around, and they, you know, eating. Yeah, that was uh, that was um, oh god, that was a Disney movie actually. It was a Disney movie. Yep, yep. It, it, it started with the letter E or something like that. I can't think of the name, but it, it, when, Wally, I, when I it was Wally. It was Wally. Wally. It was Wally. Wally. Yep. Wally and that when when I when the quarantine happened, that movie just replayed in my mind like every day. Like I will not be a Wally. <laughs> <laughs> just floating around on your chair on a spaceship. <laughs> look, look, can't even you didn't got so fat you can't even walk. Just yeah, no, no, no. Won't let it happen. That's funny, man. That's funny. Cause the thing it's funny because I actually made a comparison because I was watching uh the Simpsons movie. And uh, I, I'm like, I actually posted this on my social media. I'm like, is it just me or do, are we the Simpson movie right now? And the world is inside an, a huge dome. Like right. we're all stuck inside a huge dome right now. We can't go anywhere. I yeah, mean, that, that's pretty much how I see it. But so, okay. So you, so you did your tour, uh, your many tours and you know, you came back. How did you go from being in the Marine to being in the fashion industry? Cause that's kind of a, that's kind of an odd you know, it was. odd transformation. So it, it, that was through my grandfather. Once I got out the military, you know, I tried to, um, I guess you can say finagle, the regular world, you know, getting a regular job. I worked at um, Home Depot for a little while. I, I, I did, I sold copy machines, business to business, you know, outside sales. I did, you know, I made some money doing that and, then I got a job after I got fired doing that. I got a job doing, because, uh, you know, when it's production base, it's just hard. You know, you yeah. don't need production, get fired. And production was $25,000 a month. Oh, you yeah. know, you had to sell an equipment. So it wasn't an easy task. Then I left there, and I got a job down at the forklift for Home Depot um, in their MRDC camp down in Lake Park, Florida, Georgia, mm -hmm. right at the state line. And, and I was doing that for about eight months. and it, driving 81 miles one way. It was ridiculous. But after trying and trying and trying, I left there, went to the regular Home Depot store. Then I was a manager at J.C. Kenny over the men's department. That got me into clothing uh, and really loving clothing and, and just seeing how the fashion world industry worked from being a manager at J.C. Kenny. And then I got fired there. And <laughs> 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 so, you know, it was crazy. I don't think I was meant to work for people. And um, so nice. from there, my, I called my grandfather, you know, and, and I said, you know, Papa, I'm really struggling out here and, and, you know, I need your help. He said, what do you need? You need me to send some money? I said, no, no, no. I don't want you to send, just send me money because I'm not going to do right by it. I'm just going to blow it. I want, I want to come work. And he said, you want to do what? I said, I want to <laughs> come work. You know, I want to be your valet. Let me start there or do security. You know, I, you always like that. And I have a military background, so security is easy. 
So he brought me on, on the road, and caught a flight to Vegas, and got on the tour bus with him for, for a long while. And, and that is what really put me in a position to get the doorways open. Um, I was, you know, I was his valet, so I was in charge of his wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And that is what really pushed me there. So after he died, um, I had already met a lot of people and I was designing men's jackets and blazers and a couple of the ones that I designed, he was wearing uh, during his concerts and shows. So people were like, you may be be a jacket, I want a jacket. So I'm like, okay, uh, so I, that, it branched out and it was closed door business. I wasn't promoting or marketing it real heavy until I, so after he really passed away because the clientele was all referral. Mm-hmm. And I was making, you know, four or $5,000 a jacket. I didn't care wow. because people, he was like, you can sell it for that price just because of the name. Yeah, because because it has it has uh, you have um, credibility in that in that in that. Right. Place. So you know, um, after he left, you know, business did slow down a little bit uh, when he left the surf, and I, I branched off into doing bow ties, uh, wooden bow ties. That was an additional line that we introduced to the market with my blazers and dinner jackets. I scaled my price points down to about $400 a jacket and started doing bulk orders, made some partnership with some companies to do bulk, bulk mass production. And that's what really got me into the fashion scene of really moving jackets and bow ties um, after he left. And I moved to Florida because I didn't want to compete in Atlanta with the market of fashion, with Fashion Week in Atlanta and everybody trying to do it. You know, it was a, it was a cesspool of everybody doing the same thing. And there are no individuals. Truly that transition. Um, into changing markets, moving to Florida is when I got into really pushing that envelope, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, and of course, were you, were you, um, were you doing like a lot of uh, runway stuff, uh, you know, like showcasing your, your, your clothing or was this just strictly word of mouth? So when, when I was working with him, he didn't hire me just to uh, be his valet. I actually ended up getting promoted on the road to his assistant road manager, but I wasn't an employee of him. I formed my own management company and uh, LaRock management at the time, and he hired the company and then I took a salary from my company. So he paid, it was business. And that's one thing he loved the most is I always took the business perspective because I knew at some point he was not always going to be my client or always going to be here. So I took upon and started managing other clients. I had Jackie Christie from Basketball Wives of LA, a couple football players, NFL players, you know, so I had a roster of talent, models and whatnot. So what I did when I started pushing the fashion, I literally took the same mindset that I had with managing my clients to myself, mm-hmm. and I used myself as the talent. So I didn't necessarily do um, or, or, or runway shows or fashion shows. What I did was I hosted other people's fashion shows wearing my own jackets ah. or, or I made appearances at fashion weeks wearing my own jackets because I knew people were We're gonna ask. they're going to ask where you get that jacket from. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I made it. And it's better representation and marketing if I'm wearing my own line and they say, well, dang, how can I get one of your jackets? Here's my card. They're custom. Let's set up a meeting. Let me do your measurements. These are the price points. Oh, definitely. I want three. I want five. I want so-and-so, you know, so it, 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 it was a personal thing for me because I didn't want to just, you know, make a hundred jackets to do a fashion show. And then what am I going to do with those hundred jackets is custom fit for those people that wore them. That's just money lost for me in a sense. So I, I didn't want to take that perspective. 
See, see, now you're kind of you're kind of making me want one myself now. So you know, you're selling so well, you're kind of making me want one of your jackets now too. What the hell, dude? Absolutely. Every time I wear one, people are like, "Are you gonna wear that again?" Nope, I retire it. You know, I, I wear it to an event, red carpet or something, and it goes on a hanger in the closet. You make it unique. Exactly. Or you know, a limited so edition, actually, is is the is the, is the word for it. You know, there was one out there. Shaq, me and Shaq actually wore. Um, he wore a jacket that I made, and he didn't even know I made it. You know, it was sold through a a shop in L.A. Mm -hmm. And I tagged him on his Instagram, and I said, thank you for wearing the jacket. And he, looked, he, he responded back, and I was like, he says, what you mean? And I sent him a picture of me in my jacket. He says, wow, wait a minute, that's your jacket? I said, yeah. And I, I wore it because I took it to um, D.C., and the mm -hmm. first time I wore it is when I, I got my first presidential award. And then afterwards, um, a guy had reached out and said he wanted some jackets in various sizes. I said, all right, fine. You know, he cut the check. I made the order and shipped him out to Cali. And there it was. So, you know, he wore my jacket. I was like, okay, that's hot. But you notice I don't even market jackets anymore. It's, it, that was so... You're going to laugh. That was so four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I did laugh at that comment. <laughs> that's, that's oh, so my God. But, that's, but that's cool, though, because, I mean, uh, like I said, you, in a sense, you are following your grandfather's footsteps, but in a different path than Correct. his. And, and right. that's really amazing. I mean, because it's gotten all the way to the point that you're now using, you're also using your, your influence in more serious matters as far as human trafficking is concerned, you know, fighting against human trafficking. How did, how did you get started with that particular, uh, with that particular fight exactly? How did that all begin? Well, so remember I told you I was hosting fashion shows and making appearances. Mm -hmm. I got booked to make an appearance and host at a fashion show for a charity. And prior to that, I had asked my manager at the time, uh, Miss Tina Cox, and I said, hey, let's figure out a way for me to get some stuff, you know, philanthropy, some humanitarian stuff done. You know, I want to give back. I, you know, just making money is good, but it's not fulfilling for me. You know, help me find a different method to get some things done. So what we did was she started finding other charities that did fashionable events to market me to, and I got booked for one. I didn't know what I was walking into. But I got there, and I looked around. I said, okay, this is a cool fashion show, so tell me about this organization. You know, I, it was my ego, you know, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we didn't, I, you know, they paid the money. I didn't care. It's a contract. I'm going to go fulfill it. I'm just, I'm, I'm here to work. So when she told me about the organization, I said, okay, so this is cool. Uh, give them back the money. She says, what? I said, give them back the money and let's learn more about what they're doing. And I found out that the models in the fashion show were actually human trafficking survivors. Wow. And, and, that, and it, you know, it touched my heart even more. So after that event, I actually volunteered for that organization for about another year. Um, and that's how we got into developing what the gentleman's course is today. It started, you know, five years ago uh, with that charity and as, a, as, as just a volunteer and I was teaching them etiquette. You know, I, I wrote down simple rules of how to be a gentleman, uh, 30 rules. And I, I got some dishes from my own cabinet, my own ties. I grabbed a, a, a a single shoe from my collection of a different variety of shoes, one brown, one black, you know, leather, cloth shoe, et cetera. 
And they were like, this is stinky shoe. I said, yeah, because it's mine. I didn't buy it from the store. <laughs> you know? nice. So it was truly an opportunity to start something that I never thought it would be where it is today. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And, and you've been doing this, you've been doing this for a while now. Um, obviously you've traveled the world to, to go ahead and, you know, give your message about, about this fight. I mean, how's, how has the uh, reaction been, you know, for, for this organization that you, that you started, which is, which is, I believe it's called uh gentleman's, um, I'm the trying to remember course. the, gen- the, the yeah course. yeah the gentleman's course. So this is this is a part of it. Yeah. So the gentleman's course, um, is the charity where I started, it, and it's based on teaching youth, male and female, how to be gentlemen and how to be ladies. But we base that around uh, the 30 human rights, human trafficking prevention, and the 30 rules of being the gentleman. 12 suggestions of being the lady. You know, and putting all that together, we cover the formal dinner setting, how to tie ties, relationships. I mean, it goes in depth when you're talking about an eight-week course by a 45-minute introduction. You know, it, it's, it's really all based around mentorship. But human trafficking, when I figured out as mentoring with that, you know, with that organization, Florida is ranked third in, in human trafficking in our country. Wow. And you're talking youth. I didn't say girls, I didn't say boys, just youth cases, wow. ages 12 through 18 make up the predominant factors. Um, and it's not a race thing, it's not a genre thing, it's just youth, ages 12 through 18 are the target. And that's where, where the heavy numbers come into play, where you're talking about victims, whether it's sex trafficking, labor trafficking, um, uh, child trade, uh, human part, you know, body part, organ trafficking, you know, it's, it's just, it's a wide variety of different things when you really look at it. And I really hate that society always portrays a young girl being taken because when people really look at the factors and raw numbers, it's bigger than just a little girl, but that's what plays soft on people's heart. That's what, that's, that's what yeah, that's what, that's what will go ahead and garner attention. Yeah, it's that mark is marketing tool, right? And and I really hate that because that part it really victimizes women more than it and and, and young girls more than it does helping them. Um, if they put multiple facets, you know, put an older woman, put a young girl, put a boy in there, put a man in the same marketing, so they can understand the seriousness that anybody is a target, not just young girls. So you can donate your money. That is so, but that is so crazy though that this is happening in this country because you would right. think that it would, that you know, you would think that in third world countries or somewhere overseas that's common. But who would have thought that you know, like yeah. there was a there's a underground you know type of activity going on around here of human trafficking? I would have well, never even think about that. it. If you think about it, it's 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 not new. Slavery has been around for thousands of years. It's just transitioned into different people's eyes and it became a problem when it started affecting people that other people, I'm not gonna say who those other people are, but what other people cared about. You know, when, and, 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 and I'm not, I don't wanna make it a racial thing, it's not, but when it was not here or not relevant where certain types of children were being affected, people didn't really take notice. They didn't care that big of a deal because it was always, like you stated, in other countries. It affected other minorities, other races of people. It didn't affect, it didn't hit home just yet. 
until they really started looking at it closely, like this is really a problem here. And my little Bessie, my little Susan, my little Jimmy is now becoming victims of this. They're not just targeting people other places. It's mm -hmm. right here in our own backyard. Wow. So, well, I mean, at least at, le at least at the very least, there's something being done about it now. I mean, you know, this we're doing we're doing what we can. You know, it, it, it no longer can be ignored. Right. They can't ignore it. It can't turn a blind eye because when you and then, you know, when you look at the statistics of what they put in the news, and I say that because what they put in the news, the media is not always the whole truth. But they do put out split sources for people to validate the cause because when you're talking about how do you characterize a offender or a potential trafficker? And you say, uh, that, oh, he's just a thug on the corner trying to sell a nickel bag. No, because if you look at the statistics of what's being arrested and being uh, convicted as violators of human trafficking, you're talking about lawyers, judges, school teachers, doctors, police officers, same people we've trusted our lives with, next door neighbors, it's ridiculous. They're not wow. your general thug. These are, yeah. this, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a white collar crime. People truly from the corporate world, that's what it got out and they lost control of it. And it became a greed issue. And, and it's bad for me to even say it like that if they lost control. Like, so you're saying it's okay? No, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying that they had, like you said, it was done behind the doors and, and somebody lost control. Wow. Now well, it's I mean, out there in the open. Well, I mean, I mean again, I'm, I'm glad that at least people like you, you know, and many others are taking action against this and trying to, trying to you know, trying to stop this from happening because it is you know it's something that's that is horrifying to even think of especially i mean i'm not a parent but i know you know we spoke before we uh started the interview that you're a parent and yes. you know it must be horrifying for you to even think of these things you, you know, know I, I put myself at the forefront because in my fight I believe that if we can educate more people to the seriousness behind human trafficking of what it is, educating them about their rights and they have a method and a way to actually fight it, just by knowing about it, becoming aware about it, you actually can create less victims. And I put myself at the forefront because I have children. I've become a target. You know what they would, they probably would love to snatch my kids. <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very hard. Because I would, I mean, we, I, they understand. My son is is eight, and he can tie a bow tie. Nice. He's not your average eight year old who just wants to play video games and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all day. It's not happening. He wears he wears jackets and vests. He dresses appropriately. He knows how to speak. He walks standing upright. You're not going to see him walking around like your typical kid who's just wanting to play. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good, though. That's good that you've instilled, you know, uh, different values, you know, into your children. And I, I'm curious, did you like, because I know that you're also a motivational speaker, was the gentleman course uh, a springboard into that, uh, that, that portion of your life being a motivational speaker? Yes, it was. Um, you know, one thing led to another, and it just elevates, you know, I started out as a drug dealer. I went from the drug dealer world to military. Military led me to figure out the corporate world, corporate world figuring out to being self-employed and an entrepreneur. Everything pushed me to elevate myself at some point in my life. And when, I, when we started this program, working with that mentorship, I started because I wanted to do something for them. 
they were helping me from a knowledge basis, but I wanted to help them. And by doing that, the gentleman's course was just a opportunity for me to put an umbrella over being able to raise funds for other charities. We wasn't even a nonprofit. Our main goal was to raise money and advocacy for other charities so they can get more funding because we know funding was an issue until it got to a point where our donors and supporters were like, you need to get your own 501c3 and raise your own money. And that elevated me to, you know, people wanted me to come speak to them about my program, about human trafficking. And it just went from there and there. You know, I've been to the White House twice, got two presidential awards for speaking on human trafficking and raising uh, awareness wow. and rights. Um, and that was in the, within the last three years. I went in 2016. Um, I won that from President Honorable Obama. And then I got another one from Trump just last year. My second PVSA, you know, it's truly, like I said, it's, it's, it's work. It needs to be done. And, from and it's been recognized. It's been recognized. That's good, though. That's 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 amazing that um, that you've received these ty- this type of recognition, because that just goes to show how, you know, how your work has inspired and has really touched and reached so many. And that's right. just and, and again, you know, like I said, you're the grandson of a legend, but you're becoming a legend yourself by doing these types of things. You're leaving a legacy behind that many people can follow and and you know, someday strive to actually get to be to that point where it's like, okay, this gentleman right here, you know, he was the grandson of a great legend, but he created his own, you know, legacy. And that's something to, to aspire to, which is, which is amazing. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. If you want to do something, just, just take the effort and make steps, take the steps and make the effort and just go do it. Exactly. And that's, and especially right now, since we're all stuck in here, we might as well go ahead and do something. <laughs> do something. Look, come out of the quarantine with something valuable other than, well, I, I, I still got my job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, very true. Very true. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, you know, like we talked about it before, before we started the interview, you know, how we can appreciate a lot more things after this quarantine's over as simple as a hug. And, you know, and of course, we we get to like learn a lot of things while we're in quarantine. This, this, I, and I said it before on, on a couple of shows before, like I had mentioned to you, I actually mentioned the word reset. The entire world needed a reset. This is our opportunity to do things right a second time. This is our second chance. Of course, you know, provided most of us get a second chance, unfortunately, many haven't. Um, But, you know, the people that, that did survive. You know, the people that have that, that, you know, come out of this quarantine as survivors because they will be survivors. This is their second chance. This is all, all of our second chance. To it actually- is, you know, and, and, I, and I don't know if your show is a biblical show, but I, I read a verse every morning and, and in Second Chronicles chapter 7, 13 through 14. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. And if you pay attention, the plague is here. Mm -hmm. Look at the news. I don't know how much you monitor Africa. Oh, just three days, six days ago. They're dealing with swarms of locusts in Mm -hmm. Africa. I heard about that. Yep. I heard about that. Everything is falling into place. If people don't see that the, these revelations are coming true. 
you have to focus on where your heart is and where you need to be. He's put you in a place to focus on developing your heart, your mind, and your soul. And I'm speaking to the soul. You look, if you don't have it right, you better get it right. <laughs> that is very, very true. That is very, very right. true. You and, got and, no excuse. And that's the thing is that I always said, you know, and I talk to friends about this very, like, you know, religiously speaking this isn't a religious show but you know since since you brought it up i talk to friends about this every once in a while and whether you know you believe in a higher power right. or or just believe that there is a higher power you know something's trying some, you know this higher power is trying to tell all of us hey you're destroying you're you're destroying what i built for you you're yes. destroying what was made for you yep. and this is the time that you need to reflect stop what you're doing and try to be a better person the second time around. I'm giving you another chance. Second chance. You know, just like you said earlier before we started the interview, talking about the rivers, you know, how they're, you can see the fish, they're, they're cleaning themselves up. You know, the air is, you can breathe better because there's less traffic, less pollution going up. So much, things are getting better on its own. It's going to fix itself. You have to allow it to fix itself. You have to sit back and just wait. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and, and the thing is that irritates me a lot about a lot of people is that they still decide to go out and everything. And it's like, dude, all you have to do is just stay inside. That's all you got to do when just wait it out. It's yeah. not a big deal. I mean, it's, it's insane, but hopefully things will get better. You know, hopefully, you know, we'll go ahead and, and, you know, get to that. I mean, I'm in California, I'm in Southern California. So uh, Look, I'm in, I'm in beautiful sunshine, Florida. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that things get better for, uh, for all of us in Me general, too. you know, and, and hopefully we, we become better for it. That's what I'm hope. That's the hope that we that's the, better that, for that's it. the big thing that when we come out of this, that we don't just resort back to the same things we were doing prior to that. We take this as a learning curve to say, okay, I was stuck at home for three months. It really wasn't that bad. Do I really need to be going out? Is there something really out there for me? You know, I really enjoyed the time with my family. I got a lot of stuff done. I got more time available than I thought I had. Exactly. Exactly. So and that's, that's, that's the hope for many people, you know. So, Christopher, how can people follow you? How can they stalk you on social media? I mean, and, I, and I'm sure, like, I'd love to know, you know, where, the, you know, we could find your website uh, for the various uh, organizations, the various things that you're doing? Well, our website is www.thegentcourse.com. That's thegentcourse.com. Um, it's for the program. Uh, the Gentleman's Course, you can Google it. Um, I'm pretty sure you find everything you need on Instagram. I am the real Christopher King, and that's T H E, uh, real Christopher King. That's Instagram, that's Facebook, um, and Twitter, The Real Christopher King. I keep it simple so they don't have to look up, you know, multiple hat, multiple handles. It's all the same thing. The Real Christopher King, you'll find me on the World Wide Web. Uh, or you can just Google Christopher King, BB King. You'll find that stuff. <laughs> awesome. awesome, awesome. Maybe maybe I'll go ahead and find a jacket there that I'll go ahead and, you know, send you a message and be like, Christopher, I, I kind of like that one. <laughs> you know, shout out, shout out to Pitch Vault Media, you know, my publicist, you know, Jay down in Fort Lauderdale, you know, she does a great, great thing. And thank her for setting up an interview with you as well. Awesome. No, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And I know before, before we take off here, I know that you're writing a book. You, you mentioned that before we started the interview as well. I'd yeah. love to, I'd love to go ahead and chat with you about it once it's finished. 
No problem. Definitely would love to come back and talk about the book. Um, it should be finished within the next month because I'm quarantined. So I'm literally on the computer. <laughs> I'm focused. You know, the manuscript has already been done. So we're putting the final touches on it and really getting the cover and the back end stuff done so we can go ahead and get that thing done and put out. So I can't wait. It's going to be big, you know, for me. It'd be my first book. So I can't wait. Awesome. Well, again, Christopher, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. And I look forward to chatting with you again very soon and stay safe. It was my pleasure, Xander. Thank you for having me and glad gladly would love to come back again in the future. Thank you guys awesome. for tuning in. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Okay. Peace. Thank you so much, Christopher King, for being on the Xander Effect. Looking forward to having you on the show again very soon. In sports, WWE's WrestleMania 36 went on without a hitch, without any interruptions. The the show did go on, and it it garnered a lot of positive uh, feedback uh, from many fans. So far, a lot of people have been talking about it. They're saying it was actually really good. For for the fact of the matter that there weren't any there weren't any fans obviously because of the during the current crisis no fans are allowed to be uh, to be a part of any big events a lot of big events have been canceled a lot of sport events events have been canceled and uh, and but WrestleMania still kept on going they were like you know what this isn't going to stop us we're still going to go ahead and continue to entertain our fans and uh, they did they actually did a really good job uh, it was a two night event. Started on Saturday, ended yesterday on Sunday. So uh, they had they had a great event, a lot of uh, a lot of awesome matches. Um, if you guys have not watched it, if you're planning on watching it on the WWE Network, do not listen to this part of the show because it's going to be a spoiler. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys who which ones were the winners, which ones were the losers. So night one on Saturday was Cesaro versus Drew Gulak for the kickoff show. Uh, Cesaro defeated Gulak via pin. Fall. The Women's Tag Team Championship, uh, the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Bliss and Cross are now the brand new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. They defeated the Kabuki Warriors via pinfall uh, to win the titles. King Corbin versus Elias. Elias defeated King Corbin via pinfall. The Raw Women's Champion, the Raw Women's Championship, actually, I should say, Becky Lynch versus versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Shayna Shayna Baszler. Yes, that's her name, Shayna Baszler. Uh, Lynch retained the title. She's still a Women's Champion by defeating uh, Shayna Baszler. So there's that one right there. Um, the Intercontinental Championship, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Sami Zayn uh, came up victorious on that one by via pinfall against uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It's John Morrison uh, versus Kofi Kingston and uh, versus Jimmy Uso is a, in a ladder match, uh, which is a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting tag team championship. I guess they were all representing their tag team partners in this one. And, uh, you know, uh, John Morrison's representing him in The Miz. Kofi Kingston is representing the new, day, the new Day, and Jimmy Uso is representing the Usos um, for, the, for the tag team titles. Very interesting, very unique match. Never heard of this one, triple threat match. Uh, but Morrison... Uh, retained uh, the championship gold for him and his team, uh, defeating Kingston and Uso uh, to retain the title. So there was that one. Uh, there was also the 24/7 championship. Uh, as you know, basically, uh, you know, uh, it's it's the it's it's the new hardcore championship, I guess you might say, uh, but not really hardcore. It's just the championship that they have to continue to. to 
keep on having. Uh, but Raleigh defeated R-Truth and uh, Gronkowski actually to win the, the title because Gronkowski was actually, uh, Rob Gronkowski is part of the WWE now, so he decided to wrestle and uh, Raleigh defeated his friend and R-Truth. So there's that one right there. Raleigh is the 24-7 championship. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Owens defeats Rollins via pinfall, so there's that one right there. The Universal Championship, Goldberg versus uh, Braun Strowman. Strowman has defeated the man Goldberg via pinfall for, to to be the new WWE uh, Universal Championship. The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match. Now people have been talking about this one. This one was actually a really good match, the first ever. And there's also rumors that this might be the Undertaker's final match. He might be retiring after this. No more, not even uh, one-offs anymore. I mean, he's he's you know he's. He's, he's up there, you know, he's up there uh, age-wise, and it seems like it should be about time for him to go ahead and uh, and honestly this time hang up the gloves. Uh, but uh, yeah, he and Undertaker uh, went ahead and defeated AJ Styles, so he's still, he's, still, uh, he's still winning at WrestleManias. Now, night two, which is on Sunday, uh, it started off with Liv Morgan versus Natalia in the, in the kickoff show. Uh, Liv Morgan defeats, defeated Natalia versus Pen- via Pinfall. The NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Flair ended up defeating Ripley versus via submission, which is the figure eight. She, she, um, uh, Charlotte used the figure eight on Rhea Ripley, so she's the new NXT champion. Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Black defeated Lashley via pinfall. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Otis defeated uh, Dolph Ziggler via pinfall. This has to do with the whole uh, relationship that uh, that Otis has with uh, Mandy Rose and uh, Ziggler trying to go ahead and hate and try to steal that girl away from from the big guy Otis. So uh, he defeated uh, he defeated Dolph Ziggler. Um, and the next match after that was Edge versus Randy Orton, last man standing match. This is a huge match as well, really good match. Edge defeats Randy Orton uh, via ten. Last man standing. The Raw Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits versus Angel Garza and uh, and Austin Theory. The Street Profits defeat Garza and Theory via, Theory via pinfall to retain the title, so they're still champions. The SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina versus Naomi. This one was a huge, huge match. Uh, and Bailey, she retains her Women's Championship by defeating Evans via pinfall to, you know, to retain it. John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, see, uh, the Fiend ended up defeating Cena via pinfall. So John Cena hasn't been wrestling for a long time. This is his uh, his debut back into wrestling after being absent for a long while. He's been filming uh, the new Fast and the Furious movie, which is uh, has been postponed, actually, incidentally, until next year. Um... WWE Championship. This one was the main event right here. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a brand new WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defeats the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar uh, via 1-2-3. This this is actually Drew McIntyre's first WWE Championship, so he's he's a brand new champion. What a way to kick that one off. Again, WrestleMania was, uh, you know, went off without a hitch, did a great job in entertaining the fans. 
fans, props to WWE. There are, however, rumors possible that WWE might be taking a break after uh, after the post WrestleMania uh, shows, which is you know the Raw after WrestleMania, and of course SmackDown after WrestleMania. Uh, there has been talks that uh, WWE might actually take a break from any type of uh, any type of uh, uh, television broadcast because due to the to, due to the current uh, crisis that's going on. So who knows? We that that would actually be the first time the WWE has ever stopped uh, stopped broadcasting their shows. They've been going on for a year for decades, uh, and this will be the first time that they're actually going to have to take a pause for a while. Which you know, uh, again, it's it, this this uh, this current crisis has created many unprecedented uh, things that have ha- been going on around the world that nobody expected to ever see in their lifetime, including my, myself. So this is very interesting uh, to see if WWE is in fact going to take a break a w- for a while from uh, from television. In other sports news, the NBA season might be completely canceled uh, due to many factors, actually, because, uh, you know, I mean, the, they need to test their players, and tests are very scarce right now, uh, seeing as so many, like, thousands upon thousands of people need to be tested for the coronavirus. And there was a lot of talk, the league had a lot of talk where they had the idea of play, doing the playoffs in Las Vegas while keeping the players in a bubble but uh, unfortunately health officials decided to say that's a no-go that's not going to happen either uh espn's ryan winhorst went on sports center and he said it's been a bad week i think there was optimism about progress a week ago and some things that have happened this week have turned it south about what could happen a big factor was what happened in china where they halted the return of their league and one of the big reasons was they really believed that if they just tested the players' temperature all the time that it would the chinese are finding that asymptomatic carriers are causing maybe a second wave in that country they have just slammed the brakes on sports he went on to also say the talks between the players union and the league this week i've talked to both sides of this issue and it is clear the nba is angling to set up a deal that enables them to shut the season down now they don't have they, they don't have they don't have to do that yet and the way they are negotiating they are leaving themselves an option either way but they are not having talks about how to restart the league they are having financial talks about what would happen if the season and shuts down and I think there's a significant amount of pessimism right now. He continued by saying they do have runway here. I do think that they could go into August or September to finish this season, but I'm not sure they feel confident about that right now. A big factor is testing. We just don't have the testing. At some point, not only does there have to be a test that is quick and can tell if a player is healthy enough to enter the game, you have to know that you have the tests available so that you aren't taking them away from people who need them. So all of those are actually very... Are, are excellent points because at this point, I mean, you know, you can't go ahead and, and you know, pick and choose the people that you need to test. You need to go ahead and test people that really need these tests right now. And, they, you know, I mean... 
the league made the right choice. A lot of sports, uh, a lot of uh, sports, um, you know, companies, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, sports uh, managers and organizations are making the right choice by canceling their seasons due to this crisis. You can't be too care. You can't be too sure right now who's asymptomatic, who has it, who doesn't. You're putting a lot of people's uh, lives at risk and fiscally. Yes, it could hurt, but you know, you know, in the latter. You know, in the broader aspect of everything, honestly, it's it's better to be safe than sorry, to be honest. And to be, you know, the, the, they're making the right choice right now. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen? I mean, right about now, we would be in the playoffs, right about clo- or actually close to the end of April. Uh, actually, around the end of May, we should be in the playoffs. But as it stands, who knows if that's even going to happen? We'll see. We'll see where the crisis uh, goes, and hopefully, it'll get better before it gets any worse. In other sports news, Bubba Wallace loses a sponsorship after rage quitting during a NASCAR iRacing event. Now, seeing as NASCAR season has been put on hold due to the current crisis, as many other sporting events have as well, uh, they decided to do something called an eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series, where many of the, the NASCAR drivers, they are virtually racing each other. They, they kind of set up a virtual type of video game I guess you might call it of all the of all the race car drivers racing each other and looks like Bubba Wallace decided to rage quit when uh, when he had uh, when he was actually put into the wall um by one of the other drivers and it was you know he was actually he got put into the wall by Clint Bowyer and he was so angry that he just up and just left in the middle of the game by and he went ahead and said y'all have a good one quote he said quote y'all have a good one that's it that's why I don't take this explicitive uh seriously uh he also went on to say uh peace out this is on his twitch stream now the problem with that is that one of his sponsors didn't take too kindly to the fact of the matter that he quit uh uh, Bubba went ahead and continued on twitter by saying bahaha I'm dying at my mentions right now I ruined so many people's day by quitting a video game bahaha a video game Dan Quarn Quarantine life is rough. Well, uh, his sponsor Blue Emo decided to Emu decided to reply to his tweet by saying, "GTK, where you stand? Bye bye, Bubba. We're interested in drivers, not quitters." And they even sent a, a video meme of Donald Trump saying, "You're fired." So. Blue Emo has has pretty much said goodbye to Bubba for rage quitting in the middle of a race, which is actually that that to me that's the first that I've ever actually heard something like that happen. But again, looks like it's been a first for many many things around here. So we'll see we'll see what kind of blowback Bubba's going to say or what kind of response he's going to have to uh, Blue Emo after that craziness. Up next in video game news, we have the Saints Row uh, third remastered releasing for ps4 xbox one and pc plus i have a little bit of a bone to pick with activision over this past weekend's crazy debacle double xp weekend with uh with uh with call of duty because they're they're, they have a double xp weekend so i'll talk a little bit about that but first here is brendan borgios's california whiskey right here on the Xander effect
now Gunpowder in the air This is what you wanted I told you I'd be there These hands, they made this whiskey This whiskey calms these hands You will never take me California Whiskey by Brendan Borgios. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and take a second to give a shout out to the boys over at California Distilleries. Those guys are the ones that provided the song. They also provide amazing whiskey, by the way. Let me tell you, I've tasted this stuff. It's so good. It's Tem- it's Temecula, California's first craft distillery. Uh, so that they got they got amazing amazing uh, amazing whiskey, amazing bourbon. Um, they also they also they also uh, come in different flavors. The best part about this whiskey, no hangover the next day. Trust me, I know. I actually <laughs> I actually drank a little bit, got a little bit tipsy. Next day, no hangover. No hangover. So that was really cool. Not to mention the fact of the matter that they're actually helping um, 
they're actually helping with the CDC right now. They are they, their distillery has been uh, has 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 been converted to go ahead and make uh, hand sanitizers. Obviously, we know that we're we have major shortage of hand sanitizer right now. Uh, but California Distillery is actually making hand sanitizers for the CDC and for uh, the World Health Organization. So they have teamed up with them. Uh, many props to them. You want to check out what they got going on? Make sure you go to www.california, spelled with a K, uh, distilleries.com. And uh, yeah, make sure you go ahead and check them out. Their, 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 uh, their brand is amazing. Major props. Thanks a lot, uh, California Distilleries, for giving us that awesome song. In video game news, looks like St. Rose the Third is actually coming back. They're doing a remastered version of it. It comes out May 22nd for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Now, Saints Row the Third is actually a really cool, uh, uh, really cool game. I played it a few times, and it's it kind of it's a little bit similar to uh, to Grand Theft Auto in the sense that it's an open world map. Uh, you have to go ahead and fight different uh, rival gangs and things like that. But it's really cool because they've they've remastered it, and it's going to be coming out. A lot of fans are really excited about that, so make sure you definitely check that uh, check that out again. It comes out May 22nd, so that's going to be really cool. Now, as far as uh, the bone I have to pick with Activision, talk about a company that definitely uh, does a lot but does very little at the same time. Now, over the weekend, there was a few server malfunctions from a multi-million dollar game such as Call of Duty with a lot of paying customers, a lot of fans that got gypped. I'm one of them. They decided to go ahead and do a double XP weekend right before their uh, they they go ahead and release their new DLC season three uh, of Call of Duty, which offers you know obviously new maps, new weapons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, a whole new battle pass tier system. Uh, and but the thing is that they offered this double XP so that way they could go ahead and shut down every other day this weekend. I played it started Friday, starting Friday, and then sometime in the in the evening it shut off. And they basically were saying, "Oh, we're doing maintenance." Yeah, that maintenance was supposed to be done not this weekend when you're giving us double XP, but it should have been done some other time. Now, this we all got gypped on it. We all completely got gypped. A lot of us stopped playing. There were times that I was playing Blood Money, or actually, it's called uh, Plunder now. Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. Strike that. Reverse. Uh, It's actually called Blood Money because it used to be called Plunder. Uh, So I was playing with a couple of buddies of mine, and suddenly we got kicked out, and we were actually third in third place. Now, does Activision do anything to rectify? No, absolutely not. They really don't care. Uh, You know, it's either it's one of those things where it's like, oh well, you got gypped. (laughs) You know, get over it. That doesn't say much. Uh, for Activision because at the end of the day these are players that are paying for the game and paying for the season so you need to rectify your wrongs Activision because it's not fair that you go ahead and you know obviously this is this this is free the maps are free and everything and you're offering free to an extent where people have to actually pay for certain things to be unlocked in the season in the in the battle pass so not really completely free and it's not really working too well Activision you guys are doing a 
terrible job when it comes to customer service and you need to rectify that you need to go ahead and hold another double xp weekend this weekend uh fix all the bugs of your servers so that way your players can go ahead and enjoy the game especially right now that many players are staying home and being quarantined this is not fair to all to to many players and you need to fix that activision that's it for the xander effect that's the news in case you haven't heard it again make sure all of you continue the hashtag aw movement that's the applaud workers movement that i have going on go ahead and applaud all these essential workers that are out there risking their health their family's health to go ahead and make sure that we continue to receive the services from all these essential uh, essential businesses that are still remaining open during the coronavirus crisis so make sure you hashtag that uh Go ahead and film yourselves uh, applauding, post it, and just continue the trend, continue it trending worldwide. And as always, be safe out there, practice good hygiene, wear masks, wear gloves, wear goggles. Uh, unfortunately, that is the world that we live in right now, but don't worry, this too shall pass. Everything will get back to normal. It can't last forever, so we must continue to st- you know, practice you know, social distancing. Stay in so that way you can go ahead and make sure that your loved ones are safe from this terrible virus that has caused the lives of so many and you know worldwide so that's you know just make sure you go ahead and practice all that thank you so much again for listening to the xander effect and remember music always always heals all live it up be taylor florida live it up The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., BMG, and Sony Music The Orchard in association with Art19 Media.